I was selling the pizza vouchers that day. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I remember, uh, I remember like knocking on this guy's door and he opened it and like his face was white. Like he'd literally just seen <laughs> the plane hit. Do you like pizza? <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, have you seen what's happened in New York? And I was like, I'm sure New York pizza's great. Welcome along to the community notice board. <laughs> Wish that one. <laughs> Wish that one made it on. It's like a, you know, like a cough button in live production. <laughs> 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 we yeah. probably don't need to elaborate, but we can no, just leave that in. <laughs> okay, go, Jeremy. All right. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Community Notice Board, a podcast about suburbs we grew up in, local landmarks, hometown heroes. Coming of age tales. We've got a very special guest today, a very funny comedian, and one of the stars of our futsal team, another one of them. <laughs> Tom Orr is here. How Thanks are you, man? Thanks very much for a generous in, uh, intro, Jamie. Yeah. That stars le- lethal left boot of Tommy Orr. Yeah. Yeah. Send a rocket at you. Has, Just give has, up. Has sent lesser goalkeepers cowering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to looking at Jamie's head and trying to find the top corner. <laughs> <laughs> out of context. Yeah, right. Jamie's head as he fucking bashes it into the side fence. <laughs> Let's stretch it away. Um, so this time we are doing something a little different again. We are crossing the pond. We are going back to the UK. But we are not talking about a suburb we grew up in. We are talking about Tom's days as a crazy, wild party boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Tom's mum then. Like to- <laughs> yeah. As a naughty boy. <laughs> Uh, wow. What were you doing, Tom? Drinking drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Staying so, up late. So, so, Tom, you worked in England for a few years, right? Yeah. So, um, bit of context. So, I went after over there straight after high school. Yeah. So I went to high school in Canberra, and uh, Canberra is like a great place and all that, but it's also a shithole if you're a teenager. Yeah. yeah. So, so you had your eye on the exit door from. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to leave, and you know. See the world. <laughs> yeah. See Not all the flavours of yeah. the world. Uh, London, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I do like Well, uh, London's like, the UK is an easy place to get a visa. So they're giving yeah. out like the two-year working holiday visa. They give out like candy. So, um, yeah, I knew one guy a few years ahead of me at school went and did it. So that's kind of I think where I got the idea from. Um, I, don't, I don't remember hearing about that. I don't know. I can't, like, yeah. I'm sure it was around, but I don't remember it. Anyone in my school doing it, but no, I it, it seemed more popular when you'd get to like your mid twenties or mm. like people because there's a cutoff. I think it's like something somewhere around thirty, thirty two or something. It cuts it off, and a lot of people like right. really try to get it under sort of before they're not allowed to anymore. So I know a bunch of people that did it like late twenties, but yeah, definitely. It's like, crazy to me to do it at like eighteen. You know, that's yeah, terrifying. It's probably a bit young in hindsight, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean, I had a great time. I don't regret any of it, but it was just yeah. It's better going 18 than like 37, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> i got to get out, i got to change. <laughs> i got to see the world. I'm tired of my mom's basement. Uh, yeah. And but this was around what, year 2000? Yeah, so I finished school in 99. I went in uh, the day after 18th actually, so uh, March 2000. So yeah. you didn't even have a legal drink in Australia? No, well, yeah, no actually. I think I, yeah, I think my 18th was probably, I stayed for that and yeah, got drunk in Canberra and then left the next day one day take us through your um like your airport experience in your flight are you shitting yourself well i got i only got a job like a few weeks before i went over there right through some agency so i worked this uh, job at this hotel mm-hmm. so that was a bit worrying because i didn't have anything a couple weeks before i was due to go um and then i got a cheap flight through garuda which meant 11 hours at fucking denpasar airport what's Gar- garuda that's an indonesian airline. the indonesian airline, airline. Yeah. all the way to london yeah but, but stop over. But it was like it was like real cheap, like nine hundred return, I think. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, you have to stop over. Asterisks on return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually found in the bottom yeah. of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and so you had you were in uh, in Denpasar. Yeah, stopover. eleven hours stopover. You couldn't oh, leave. Fucking hell. Nightmare. Um, but yeah, so then I got over there, and then the I got this job at this hotel. Uh, in Russell Square, and they had like staff accommodation around that area. So it's a big like hotel chain. There's like five or six of them, and there's loads of backpackers there. So they all had staff accommodation around like Russell Square, Kings Cross area. Yeah. Um. So the pay was pretty shit. It was like 110 pounds a week, 
So I was at like concierge at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got three meals a day and you got accommodation. So it's and you're smack bang in the middle of London. Yeah, so it's, it's a pretty, pretty good, good deal. deal. Yeah. And bad. you had that lineup before you left. Yeah, a couple oh, of weeks good. before. So Damn. Yeah. was parents nervous about you? I think so. <laughs> Probably I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> With your bin. But I was just like be like bright eyed and like, oh this will be fun. This will be fun. Like I had yeah. no idea of the you know, the potential Shithole. <laughs> yeah. How long after landing did the party boy persona take hold? <laughs> well, like he just gets off the plane, cut a mesh shirt, Velcro pants, got a rainbow thong just on, crack, cracks the fluoro stick, yeah. sandstorm, so yeah. and it plays for <laughs> two years. It's not far from the truth. <laughs> And you um, weren't a party boy. You weren't like an underage party boy in Australia. Yeah, we right? said we. I drank a lot, like for a couple of years. Yeah, like Canberra. Yeah, it's like you getting drunk. You can't, but early. you can't. Like, you're not there was sneaking no clubs into or clubs or anything. Or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the house parties the, the and drink, stuff. but yeah, um, but yeah. So when you work at the hotel, you like you do your shift during the day and you get all these tips, and so we just go to the pub straight after work and get drunk most days, um, and everyone, a lot of other people there were other Aussies, South Africans, Kiwis. Um, so you're all kind of there together, just partying. And Did you have a small crew or is it just like rotating cast of whoever's not um, on shift? Yeah. Small crew. There's two guys, a couple of guys from Newcastle, Australia. Oh, oh yeah. Go. Matt, Here we go. Who were, John's brothers. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mind a pinger. <laughs> yeah. So I was sort of knocking, they were a few years older than me. Um, and so I was knocking about with them for a bit. Yeah. They were real fun. Yeah. But they, were, they were great, greatest guys in the world, but also like, Grew up in Newcastle where someone looks at you the wrong way, they're ready to fight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, so, like, they drag you into trouble? Well, there's one, like... Because um, i got mates like that who would be, like, they'll act like they're protecting everyone by being overly aggressively dragging everyone into a fight with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, someone would brush you and then your mate would be like, what's this guy? You know, like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to step in and defend you. And it's like, mate, now we're all fighting this guy <laughs> because you tried to save the day. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was like, well, one time we went to um, we went to a cricket game, right? It was, uh, Australia were playing Pakistan in a one-dayer in Trent Bridge. So was that Northampton? One of those places. Yeah, Northampton. It was like a couple of hours bus from London. So we got the bus up there like 8 a.m. in the morning, a bottle each, six-pack each, just blind. Um, we had like flags and face paint and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, yeah, as you would. It's, yeah. it's the law if you're Australia. If people yeah, couldn't yeah. tell you're going for Australia against Pakistan, just to make sure. Three of the whitest dudes drunk on. Foster. And we had like a big blow up kangaroo and shit as well. Yeah. And but like if you obviously like there's a large Pakistan community mm-hmm. in England, so like most of the crowd are Pakistan fans, and we were sitting front row with just us and all the Pakistan fans behind us. And so, like, when we'd score some runs, we'd, like, be up and cheering and stuff. And then with Pakistan, you'd get a wicket or whatever, they'd be cheering and running around and all that. And uh, at one point, the uh, we had the big bob kangaroo. It started deflating, <laughs> right? And so we looked around and we looked under the paw and some of the Pakistan fans had stabbed the kangaroo. Life crimes. My mate Mark, who was blind drunk, this guy from Newcastle, turned around to the whole stand and went, you're all a bunch of cunts, you can all go fuck off. <laughs> and so we were surrounded by security and, and oh, police and taken to the other side of the ground. You're like, we got to call an ambulance, this kangaroo is dying <laughs> <Yeah>. on us. <laughs> Don't give up on yeah, me, boy. Bleed <laughs> now. Mark, Mark's holding his hand, be like, you fucking cunt, look what you did to my boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's giving him like CPR, just blowing the nozzle still. <laughs> yeah, so, so you get the security detail flares, and like about an hour later, Steve Wall led the team off the pitch because there's so many flares and fire. Oh, you guys, mental, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> your mum was just like, "What now? Tom's gone turns on the TV. <laughs> He's getting arrested on the news. We get frogmaster out of the stadium. Jesus Christ! Wow, there yeah. you go. Oh, fuck. That so it was good. Oh man, I I went on like twenty years old. We went to the cricket. My one of my mates um, is Indian. He loves the Indian team, and we went with another one of his Indian mates, and then the rest of us all go for Australia. And we went India versus Australia, and he decided the Indian mate was like, well, "It'd be really funny if we all dress up in like saris, like yeah. fe- women's 
Indian robes. So we all went. Thought it was oh. the funniest thing ever. There's photos out there. That's not good. And we're actually and we got a fucking. You channel. can see them on this week's Instagram. <laughs> no, we're on fucking Channel Nine News. They come down like so. One of us is like. There's a footage of a couple of us on it, and then in Sydney. Yeah, it was in Sydney. I don't. I don't remember anything about the match apart from it was um, India and. And um, yeah, it would have been SCG. And, and you just the whole time like it was the Indian guy's idea. hundred percent. I mean, at the time you're just like, this is funny. And now looking back, like, well, it was his idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was his mum's sorry, dude. It. You know what I mean? We that's, didn't get any option. That's your notes up apology. To be fair, <laughs> it was his <laughs> mum's sorry. Uh, but yeah, there's 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 a Channel Nine clip of like the news at the time, and it was just pans to all of us, and we're all look, and then it cuts to my mate Tony, and he just says, "We're having a great day," and he's got his sonny's <laughs> on his head, and he said, "And my oh my other mate Brett's wearing a bra as well," and he lifts up the bra and flashes with the bra. It's fucking great. But uh, oh, that is good. I know. But then it was only like three years ago. I was like, oh, that's probably not going to look too good. <laughs> you know? like, we weren't in, we weren't paint up faces or anything, but still, did you? ever find anything like weird in the hotel rooms or or you're just the oh yeah well right? the, the the hotel was huge it was like a fucking ridiculous like a thousand room or something like that uh -huh. they had a whole bunch of tour groups come through so um the Kentucky tours mm -hmm. came in uh they were a nightmare <laughs> yeah. my boss would like the, the bus would turn up and my boss would turn around to me and go mate the shit we sent out there 200 years ago has come back to haunt us. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking 100% agreed with yeah, it. Because <laughs> that's like, because you're the more, like as far as someone who's trying to experience Europe, like the two-year holiday visa is a lot more classy than the two-week. <laughs> so you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The dregs of society are yeah. like, I'm the, I'll, go, I'll get it done in three weeks actually. Yeah. And and because I, I imagine it was a, so it wasn't a very high-class hotel. They've got No, it was just, it was just young, a young, Quantity over quality, yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah There's yeah. busloads of tours from South America as well, so they'd have like, you know, elderly Argentinian groups come in and stuff. Just have old Argentinian women yelling at you because they lost your bag. No comprende, poquito español. It is funny the way you can get around to like international hostels, and you always think at first that it's just going to be a similar amount of like Tom Moore and myself party boys <laughs> but like it's just literally all sorts and you get you get into these rooms and you're like who's ready to go and there are people sleeping or reading a book i remember one time we we're in san francisco we drove from um from la to san francisco we got this hostel that we thought was a private room but it fit me my two mates and it had one extra bed so we get in We've driven eight hours. We're like sick. And the hostel we stayed in before had like a mini fridge in it and a gas station across the road. So we would just constantly buy like 18 packs of Pabst Blue Ribbon, put them in the fridge, drink them. And at the end of the LA thing, we had like nine beers left. So we took them in the car. And we get to this hostel room and it's literally just like four beds and a sink. And so we're like, all right, well, there's a sink there. Let's like fill it with cold water and we'll put the beers in them. And maybe that'll cool them down enough from the drive that we can have a warmy before we go out to a pub. And we're like, that is a genius idea. We are so smart. And then we're just like sitting there watching these beers <laughs> in the cold water. And then the door opens and a mom with her two sons comes in. And one of them's like a deaf special needs kid. And she's like, oh, hi, I'm staying in this room too. And we're like, oh, hey, I'm Jamie and Peg Jordan. And she looks at the three of us and then sees eight beers in this sink. that can barely fit one person's hand. She's we're going like, to have a warmy. She, she just goes like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Never saw. Oh, no. She immediately went down to the front desk and asked to move. And it was probably for the best. Can you imagine the first night coming home? Like, yeah, just me offering the kid a warmie. <laughs> we call them, in Australia, we call them warmies. <laughs> like, I've never heard that before. So did you get much, so you were pretty much just working the whole time and then partying after work? Or yeah, so the around? hotel is pretty cruisy because you got like your place to live and food and stuff. So you use that as a kind of, you know, a base and just... Yeah, getting drunk most nights. And the food, all right? They, they oh, just terrible. Terrible. Just, yeah. So it's <laughs> like being squash. on a cruise ship or something. So, yeah. yeah, but then like, I remember a mate going to me because at the supermarket you can get these like, um, they're like up and go type things. Yep. They're called nourishments. Blue <laughs> can, but they had one of those things that advertised all your vitamins in yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and stuff. it's like yeah. soil and green. 
Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> Not made of people, but uh, <laughs> other than that, same thing. So the whole, like, my mate looking at go, look at these, mate, you don't even have to eat. You just have one of these and you're fine. So it's like, <laughs> that's our attitude to yep. health. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just have all your food in one go. Yeah. And but it's like, you're so, it's such a great location and then shoot can get you anywhere. So yep. um, you can go see, like, yeah, gigs and, yeah. And this is like... Is this like golden era clubbing scene in London with like Ministry of Sound and that just going off and Yeah, I think so. That's probably the nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was just a bit after that. But yeah, like one of the guys I worked with, this Lithuanian guy, he was a DJ, so he like took us out to a few clubs and stuff in Brixton. Um, so that's how we got into that. But yeah. It's uh Yeah. And it would go like really late, like is that oh, Brixton's like real hardcore. Yeah, so there's one. There's a couple of clubs that like, but it's kind of town. It's like probably 24 hour city. So anything you want to do, it's on every day. There were clubs opening up at like 8 a.m. on a Wednesday. But this guy was going to and invited me down. I'm like, are you fucking out of your mind? (laughs) (laughs) It's a Wednesday morning. Going down there with a sausage and egg roll and a fucking coffee. (laughs) You're going to work. That's so weird. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, And because you were there in the 2000s. And you're Australian staying at a hotel with other Australians. I gotta ask, did you ever go to a walkabouts? Yeah, well, I went a few times, but like, it's actually hard to get out of that yeah. Aussie kind of environment. Because you go a couple of times, like, that's not really as I came over here. Yeah. Mm, I think things. there's like an article uh, online, like, kind of explaining, like, that if you're an Australian that goes to London for the two year visa, you kind of fall in one of two camps. One is that, like, you're desperate to kind of shred your Australian identity and you become one of those dumb cunts who comes back being like, oh, I've just been over to England for two years. And like, why do you sound like that? (laughs) And then there's people who go there and they're just like, where's fucking state of origin? Where can I get a VB? (laughs) And all they do is go to Australian pubs. And so Walkabout is this chain of Australian themed pubs that apparently I watched just the state of origin went. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we know what category you fall into, Mr. Kentucky. <laughs> so did I actually at 8am on a Wednesday yeah. morning. 8am yeah. on a Wednesday morning, the Lithuanian mate's like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. It's like, you want to go to a club? You're like, no thanks. Rugby league. Rugby league like an adult, mate. Okay. So tell us about walkabouts, Drew, because a lot of like the articles I read said that like it was like a bacchanal almost, where like they were just like shirtless people market. and like, like if you can't pick up the walkabout, <laughs> kill yourself. Yeah, <laughs> a- I was there with my girlfriend at the time, but we like she like, picked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went home with a fucking Lithuanian. Bloke. Drew killed himself. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, I only went there once, and it was eight in the morning to watch Origin, but it was fucking jammed. You, like you couldn't move in there. Um, people just blind drunk at like 8.30 a.m. Um, and I remember New South Wales lost. And so all the fucking Queensland dickheads in there were just like absolutely shirts off, just like geeing everybody up. And then as soon as the game was over, I just went back and fucking crashed. So I didn't get to like have a proper night there. Yeah, because as far as I'm aware, like it, it is a big pub for Australians. So it's kind of got grungiest nightclub vibes ever where yeah. like there are... Like, apparently they were saying that one of the walkabout franchises, like, its most famous night is Brazilian night. So it's just, like, you walk <laughs> well, in place and is, it's just, yeah. needs to figure out what just, it is, honestly. Australian bar on a Monday called Brazilian night, and it's just a ton of Latin American male models with their shirts off grinding on people. And I was like, it sounds rad. Yeah. Is it, um, is it, like, just an... Is it one of those places like an Outback Steakhouse that has like food that's like Aussie themed or yeah, something like VB that? Yeah, VB everywhere. And right. Like everyone's... But there's, uh, there's like th- three of them. It's unbelievable. It's well, not there, just one. The there was actually, I think, about like 12 oh, wow. uh, yeah. in England. And they slowly oh, all... England, yeah. Well, across like the Greater London area. And they slowly all went bust. And I think there were two left. Shepherd's Bush and Temple. And Temple was Temple's the last the one. one and that closed down. And then I think around 2016, they said it got rebooted. But I haven't found too much evidence of like... That being as there was, popular. There was another one called The Church. Oh, I've got some stuff on The Church. <laughs> yeah. I went there a couple of times. That's like a worse version of Walkabout because that was like early on a Sunday morning and they'd have sawdust on the ground. And there was some deal with the drinks where you'd have, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like they give you three cans in a plastic bag and you have to tie the bag to your Did we talk jeans about or something. Church for with Fred? Yes, uh, Fred mentioned Zep? the church. Yeah. He came... He went down That's from Exeter to go yes. to the church because it's a famous Sunday club. And all the, all the chicks in there just get their gear off at the end of the night. <laughs> or at the end of the, the 
the day, whatever. Wild, and, yeah. And then, but it's an Aussie themed, or is it just Aussies go it's, there? It's, it's like founded by Australians themed. and oh, backpacker right. themed. So it it started in 1979, apparently. Jesus, Jesus so it says it's October 1979. A few Aussie and Kiwi backpackers are groggily walking up to the distant sound of church bells on a Sunday morning. Must be beer o'clock, one says to the other. <laughs> so you see, this is how it starts. <laughs> And they pull on their R.M. Williams boots and their swandry shirts and stumble down to the local, the, go- the Golden Lion in Fulham Broadway. The proprietor, Sean Sullivan, pulls their pints. He tells them he's putting a comedian on this week, as well as the mandatory Sunday afternoon striptease act. My Sharona by the Knack comes on in the background, and the backpackers, beer in hand, move through the smoky pub towards the stage to await the day's entertainment. And that's basically the genesis of the church, where they're like, well, let's fucking get entertainment, let's get beers, and it's going to last all day on Sunday. And so they did it there for a bit, and it says for over 35 years, the church has been a rite of passage for London's Aussie and Kiwi expats, a sanctuary to let their hair down, take their shirts off, drink warm beer from cans carried in a plastic bag while leaving their alcohol-imbued innards splayed publicly on a sawdust-scattered floor. It says that... uh, the church was named in order that worshippers could uh, dutifully inform their mothers half a world away when they called from Australia and New Zealand that they are attending regular communion <laughs> while living in London. So it's like, yeah, mom, I'm just going to church. And I mean, you could like, just say that if it was called anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Mom, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You could just fucking lie to your mom. And then it says, uh, yeah, well... The truth of that is yeah, If you want to let your mum find out what you're doing, <laughs> yeah, 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 stay at home. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that the faithful gathered at about midday on Sunday at various venues throughout the church's somewhat blurry history, eager to partake in the Sabbath afternoon rapture. And they said that basically, according to the myth, that to skate around licensing laws, people who went to the church didn't buy drinks. They bought tickets that could be exchanged for beers once inside. So the beers are free. But the tickets oh, right. cost money, oh. so you're not exchanging money for beers, and that's the <laughs> way they got around this license. UK licensing, you're like, well, they got us there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they figured a loop. That's the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> so basically, it it, it says that we're, like people who went there, there was like song, dance, drinking games, strippers, other blasphemous displays of human flesh, and expat debauchery. In addition to the trademark acts of comedians, singers, the inevitable strippers, and competing Antipodean um, drinking teams, oh, so God. they'd have. I feel Sorry for the comedian, by yeah. the way. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a rough gig. fucking gig. Yeah. On stage two, stage one's got dancing naked chicks. Stage two, <laughs> Billy Bloggs <laughs> with his funny take on modern life. So there, there's, <laughs> there are some other, there are some you know other. You call your mum and tell her what to do. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing in London? So they have some like more avant-garde acts as well. So there's one, there's one called Simba, uh, who's a woman who just dances on like smashed beer glasses. And then washes her face with the splintered beer glasses. Ooh, okay. uh, there's a man who sticks his head in a cage full of rats. And then That's a good bit. this one I found out. <laughs> there's a guy. You might have even heard of him. I had never heard of him. But his name is Stevie Starr. Have you, does it ring a bell? No, not really. Okay. So this guy is a professional regurgitator. Oh. Uh, yeah. like He'll swallow like a lock and then unlock it in his yeah, stomach. Yeah, he swallows shit. coins, light bulbs, goldfish, and brings them up in any order you like. Gross. And so he's, I looked into this guy. His, his name is Stephen Wright, like the famous comedian, yeah, okay. but uh, not. So he's a Scottish guy, and he's a performance artist who focuses on professional regurgitation. In his act, he swallows various items such as coins, light bulbs, balloons, nails, billiard balls, dry sugar, lighter fluid, and goldfish, and then regurgitates them. The implausibility of some of his performances, such as regurgitating a solved Rubik's Cube, have resulted in people saying he's an illusionist. So people think that's sleight of hand, but apparently all his closest mates were like, no, he actually swallows a Rubik's Cube and pukes it up solved. He can do that. Maybe he swallows a solved one and then swallows the unsolved one and then brings up the solved one. Maybe. Mm. But this guy, he's... That's the way I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> Drew's cracked it. <laughs> this guy, like, he is famous. Like, he, he's on... In English TV, he was on the Paul Daniels magic show in the 80s. He was on The Last Resort with Jonathan Ross. In 1988, he was on Late Night with David Letterman. So he's been on Letterman to mm. vomit up shit. He was on the Howard Stern show. He's been on um, Saturday Live. He's been on Late Show with David Letterman. So he's done Letterman wow. twice. 
for wow. any hardworking comedians that have been on this podcast thinking of how <laughs> to break into late night TV. He's been on like all sorts of Got Talent programs like around broader Europe and the world. Uh, in Britain's Got Talent in 2010, he was swallowing numbered coins and a billiard ball and then regurgitating them on demand. So people would be like, I want the five cent. And he'd be like, sorry, pence. And he'd do that and vice versa. And then in the semifinals, he swallowed one of the judges' engagement rings <laughs> Followed by I thought a you were going to say he swallowed one of the judges. <laughs> <laughs> and he picked her up again. Simon Cowles in my stomach right now. <laughs> so he sw- swallowed her engagement ring, a locked padlock, and a key. And then he regurgitated the padlock, which had the engagement ring in it and yep. the key. So he unlocked it in his stomach. And this is just a guy that used to appear at the church and... Wow. Again, like imagine that's being nuts. the comedian that's like Jeez. got to follow that guy. Imagine <laughs> his heart burn, Drew. Sponsored by Nexium. <laughs> Did you ever see any weird shows like that when you were there? I'm probably too drunk to remember the sport. <laughs> <laughs> I only went to the church a couple of times and the walk. So honestly, yeah, I was kind of like one foot in that world, but like I tried to avoid it. So yep. I got a bunch of friends on, like we go watch State of Origin or whatever, but mm-hmm. I didn't really hang out. I didn't make a habit of it. Really. And w- yeah. so it was like if you went to the church, what? Would you say the the percentage of expats versus like locals, like actual British? Is it like fully at the church be fully Aussies and Kiwis? Maybe like one or two out of the thousand people there. Seriously, right? I thought it'd be a bunch of pommies that would go. Probably, yeah, probably a few. To be honest, I really. But the vibe is it's into a census one. I mean, you know what I mean? It's if it's like you know. I remember. I remember speaking to one English mate there. Said he went once just to check it out. So I'm. I'm sure they go there but every now. Probably and try then. to pick up some. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was a hundred percent, it was just literally all Aussies, Kiwis, and South Africans. You'd be like, what? The hell? The, yeah. The walkabout's basically that. Basically, hundred percent. I'd say. Right. Yeah. And where? Um. And so you were living in? Were you living in Camden or working? Was that? Yeah. The so. The hotel I was living in, King's Cross, that's where the staff accommodation yeah, yep, was. Yep, yep. Um, but then after I left that, I got an apartment in Camden. So you you yeah. grad you moved out, you you're growing up. You yeah, know well, with the with the visa, you can only work the two year visa. You're only allowed to work for half the time, one year. Oh, really? So after that, I moved out. I just like after I left the hotel, a bunch of like other odd jobs, like um, cash in hand stuff. Yeah, cash in hand, undocumented. Why are you only stuff. allowed to work for it? Because you're supposed to travel around. Yeah, it's supposed to be working holiday visa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I they don't make you do fruit picking or any shit like no, that. No, no. Like they do here. But um, yeah, so I had a job, like I was working door-to-door sales <laughs> for this fucking <laughs> pyramid <laughs> scheme. It's <laughs> like there were no, no qualms. This is a pyramid scheme kind <laughs> yeah. of situation. So it's like one of the things where you, it's like a vouchers for a pizza restaurant mm-hmm. and you like on a high street and then you go door-to-door to the local suburbs and try to sell the vouchers, whatever. Okay. And so, and then it's one of those things you've probably heard about these companies where if you sell 10 in a day, you go back to the office, they play dance music, yeah. and you have to ring a bell. I've heard about it. About. Yeah, right. complete cultish kind of thing. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like it's just good enough that it keeps you in to make it seem legitimate. And so when I first started doing that, I actually made a bit of money selling these pizza vouchers because mm-hmm. it's summertime, like it's a good deal. You're in some rich suburb, like you're, you're selling them. This is like, is it illegal to buy pizza? Like you got the fucking drink t- vouchers, you got the pizza vouchers. Like everyone's just buying yeah. shit with vouchers over but there. But then, like, yeah. And so that was good for a while, but then they got you on some fucking bowling alley in some, <laughs> in the winter <laughs> where people are, shush, fuck off, shut the door in your face. It's, it's, a it's like going yeah. Larry and Ross and you're trying to get the good leads. Yeah. You're like, you know, and I you're need like, the Pizza Express leads. <laughs> <laughs> so the fucking bowling alley leads and shit. That's yeah, yeah. weird as fuck. But like, yeah, my mate did, uh, he thought he got a job. He, could, he was unemployed for like a year and then he's like, I got this really good job. And then we're like, what is it? He's like, uh, it's like uh, vacuum. Kirby, I think it's called. And have you heard of like, I think it's Kirby yeah. vacuums. And it's like uh, just just a, multi, it's a, order to salesman more than multi-level mm. marketing or whatever. But he said he turned up, he's like, they're like, turn up at this thing. And he turns up, he walks in the door and they all sit down and it's like the team meeting. And then someone goes, okay, and turns off the light. <laughs> and then it's like pitch black. And then like disco ball music comes on and all this music's. And then everyone starts dancing and they're all jumping up and clapping. And the person who brought him in, there's like, get up, you got to start dancing. And they start, someone starts ringing the bell and they're all <laughs> dan- chanting around. And then he like panics and just fucking runs out the door. <laughs> like, oh, I would too. Fuck is that? So I know. Weird. So what's, um, what was Camden like? That's a bit more. Yeah, it's real cool. It's like a, um, 
a bit like Newtown, I guess. It's like they have, they have markets there, but it's proper, really cool markets. Yeah, the markets are cool. Yeah, yeah, that's where I stayed when I went, and we were like right on one of the canals. Yeah, like right. In some apartment, just overlooking the canal, and you could like literally around the corner was those markets, and it was like mm. such a, I don't know if you've never been, it's such a weird like. Um, the, just the stores are run by some of the weirdest freaks you'll ever see. Like you just see the strangest characters, but then half of them will be selling like, I guess it's like patties here a little bit. Like it's just knockoff band shirts mm. and shit. Like you kind of have to get through to find anything good. But yeah, I remember this, there was like, this was like 20 years ago. So before, you know, Spotify and stuff, but people sell bootleg albums of bands and stuff. So if like Oasis played the week before that have like a recording of the gig, there's some cool stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. One of my dad's yeah. first jobs was selling jewellery in um, markets like that. And I'm pretty sure it was fake jewellery <laughs> <laughs> that they had on the back of a van. Sell, yeah. Legit diamond rings down at Camden Market. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was his, well, it would be yeah, his father-in-law's business. I say business lightly. It's a car boot <laughs> with fucking fake jewellery <laughs> in it at a market. But yeah, that was my dad's first job. And, can, and so... Right, so it's a it's like Paddy's markets, but bigger. Is that what we're saying? Like the, the yeah, city goes on for it's blocks. massive. Like you yeah. can't you can't walk to the end. You take if, your whole day to walk from beginning. To I end. Also it don't like think maze, it's as like, shit as Paddy's. It's yeah, definitely it's, better than Paddy's. Yeah, but I just mean there's a lot of stalls with like yeah. Guns and Roses shirts that are clearly just like off brand. Yeah, and they cost like three dollars or whatever. Right, right, right. I did know uh, Camden was the site of uh, famous. Amy Winehouse and her little death. So that's where she died. <laughs> <laughs> little famous. Well, little <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember when she died. There was footage of her, like the lit streets she lived on, which is down the road for me. But yeah. I was there a few years earlier. Not yeah. that I had anything to do with. It. <laughs> <laughs> got her on the booze. <laughs> <laughs> she went party with Tom once. She's never quite the same. Down the fucking spiral. <laughs> when did she die? Was that 2011? Okay, 20, July 2011. So yeah, um, I don't have a lot of info on, but basically she's. Uh, she went to bed and she had a secu- bodyguard and um, so she had a little Camden flat. She was called the Queen of Camden. So she was like really well like known for being to living there and partying there. A lot of people look, who look like her live around there. That's the that, kind of... What does that mean, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> just, just a similar style. Of, similar, yeah. Right, right, right. And okay. you see a lot of like, you know, dudes who were like punks and, in the yeah. 80s who never got rid of the fucking mohawk that's this big, but they're Still in their 50s to live now. The dream. Yeah. yeah, right. But she, um, she went to bed, um, you know, with a bottle of vodka, security guard, a bodyguard came in at 10 a.m. to rouse her. Didn't She didn't move. And he thought, oh, well, that's Amy for you. And then uh, went back out and left her and then waited till 3 p.m. to go check on her again. And oh, then, Jesus Christ. So he's just like, I'll give her five more hours, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went to check her again and she hadn't moved again and called in uh, emergency services. She would have been like blue by then. Yeah. Her blood alcohol level, 0.416. Right. Damn. Which is, yeah, 0.4. Yeah, that's Damn. like... It's, that's it's almost, yeah. It's almost half booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, most beers are not <laughs> There, man. And so it, it is quite a punk rock area, right? Like, I think there's the Roundhouse yeah, or something. Yeah, it was, um, at the time, it was a lot of washed up. So it's kind of Punk was a bit washed up. Yeah, it's all sad. Well, punk rock was like early 80s and yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah. But when I was there, like early 2000s, it was just kind of people still trying to hang on to the hang on to the dream. Yeah. Like a lot of washed out rockers selling their demo CD at the markets, Oof, that kind of thing. That's yeah. really tough to... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's next to Jamie's father and dad selling yeah, yeah. bootleg rings, man. And were you were you there? So when did you come back? Were you there during nine eleven? Yeah, nine eleven so was in America though. Alex. Oh well, I'm just <laughs> well, saying it was a bit everywhere. I was uh, I was selling the pizza vouchers that day. <laughs> Dan, I remember, uh, I remember like knocking on this guy's door and he opened it and like his face was white, like he'd literally just seen. <laughs> <laughs> the plane hit. Right, and I'm like, well, get hey, ready to be like, <laughs> Do you like pizza? <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, Have you seen what's happened in New York? 
And I was like, oh, I'm sure your pizza's great. Have you seen, that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the big news? Yeah. <laughs> but then he invited me into his house. So I, I spent the morning, like the next two hours, in this stranger's house just watching the towers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you go on with your day from there? That's great. <laughs> the whole time you're hinting as well, like, because I still got some of these vouchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. You know what Probably. else has fallen? These bikes. <laughs> 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 two towers, two for one. <laughs> um, I got a bit of a, a fun little story from one of the clubs, uh, Fabric. Did you ever go to Fabric? Yeah, that was more of a bit of a commercial club. Okay, too, right. Know. I like Sorry. to keep it underground. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. This is a uh, so <laughs> Ivy Boy over here. <laughs> this is um, it says what do Polish couples in their seventies? Sounds like a joke. Start of a joke here. Um, what do Polish couples in their 70s do for fun when they come to visit their children living in London? Go dancing in the capital super clubs, of course. At least that was a choice of one couple on Sunday night who turned up to wet yourself, uh, fabric, uh, Fabric's weekly house and techno night, uh, 10 p.m. and stayed dancing and drinking cups of tea until 5 a.m. the next morning. So two oldies. So they went in and stayed in. They went in. They just drank tea. That yeah. rocks. Appropriately enough for people in their 70s, it's called Wet Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it says, The couple whose names no one apparently managed to catch caused a stir among the night's regular clientele. According to the promoter and resident DJ, uh, Jacob Hansen, um, who's known as DJ Jacob Husley and has run the event for the past 10 years. And he says, They got a lot of attention from the club who all really embraced them. Uh, there were lots of smiles. The girls were dancing with the guy as well. Uh, the gentleman, I should probably say. So this bloke's just... So does he know what is he's come there to hang out with his kids? They just say well, it's a Polish couple who's visiting their kid who lives in London, and they I don't know if they were they were probably, probably having a good time because everyone is so like friendly and accommodate when they're high. They were just like, oh hey how you doing? Yeah, Come yeah. have a seat, join us for a drink. Yeah, totally. they probably thought they were just hallucinating. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, I'm tripping, but you look so fucking old right now. So Husley, the DJ, said he first noticed the couple after the doors opened as they ambled down the long flights of stairs to the basement venue. I stopped and said, are you okay? And they just smiled at me and nod and continued uh, and continued to head down. I'm thinking maybe their relatives or the owners or someone else. So I run up and asked security on the door and they said, no, no, they had tickets. So we had, we had to let them in. Oh, uh, he gave each of them a drink ticket, which they immediately swapped for tequila. Uh, and then he ran off to find a Polish speaker. In the meantime, the couple joined the other revelers. Um, says, quote, uh, they go on the dance floor and are kind of doing this kind of ballroom type dancing, but very slow because she can only oh, really great. stand up when she's holding on to him. <laughs> she would she would also sit down and he'd go off by himself. So this bloke is just like leaving her in the corner, going and partying. Uh, he says, as it got busier, he arranged for them to have a cup of tea uh, at a table in the VIP area, which he opened specifically for their benefit. Um, so they're getting bottle service, but it's like you know, <laughs> it's a cup of tea bottles. <laughs> um, and he and he just goes on. He's saying like how much he loved it, and, and he was um, he never caught their name, and nobody caught their name. So he was like. This was just in the Guardian, and it was a bit of a like if you if you're this couple, if you know this couple, please get right. in touch. It was a great photo. Uh, so this is the DJ hanging out with them just in the club. Sweet oh, old shit, they look at sweet old like grandpa. <laughs> That's awesome. So we'll check that up. And on what the time were they there till? Five a.m. from ten p.m. Oh, it's because they're tired and adjusted the time zone. <laughs> 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 it's probably fucking seven p.m. in yeah, Poland yeah. or whatever the fuck. Man, That's I would look like. How much would you spin out if you're sitting oh, there at the club and that guy? I'd be adding him on Facebook, <laughs> chain letter, whatever the fuck. I'd be there being like, oh man, it's two o'clock and am I really leaving before these guys? <laughs> <laughs> I might have to fucking get a box of Red Bull or something, but it's so loud in here. He's like, see you, loser. Can't hack it, eh? I'd be like, can I have one of your cups of tea? And they'd be like, only for cool dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, you're really fucking up the vibe here, man. <laughs> I want to um, I want to bring something up that I found about Camden. Um, famous uh, location of a bit of a mystery. Uh, and uh, so the backstory of this is, do you guys remember 1995-ish? Well, if you remember, but it came out in 1995. Uh, the Alien Autopsy film. Yes, that, yes, I do remember that. Do you guys remember anything oh. about this? So it's... Uh, in, so in 1995, there's a London dude called Ray Santilli who um, started shopping around uh, footage that he said was uh, footage of an alien autopsy, a 17-minute black-and-white film that depicted a secret medical examination or autopsy of an alien. 
um, by the military and that it was dated from 1947, uh, which is coincidentally the date of uh, Ros- the Roswell incident, right? Mm-hmm. So he starts shopping this around and he said it was, a, it was supplied to him by a retired military cameraman who wished to remain anonymous. Um, so he basically shopped it around. Eventually Fox News um, bought it off him and they broadcast a show on, on Fox called Alien Autopsy Fact or Fiction as a documentary and uh, basically um, it like just went huge. It was like one of the biggest hits in American like cable news sort of thing. Like, you know, tens of millions of people like had 20% of the share, which was crazy for like uh, cable news. But um, it was, um, yeah, it just sort of caused this huge stir and they had like, so they showed clips of the film, the footage of it, and they had like uh, different like specialists, like Oscar winner, like makeup artists and stuff who would like comment on whether they thought it was real or yeah. not, right? So they sort of dissected it and, um, you know, went through it all. Uh, Kodak reviewed the film and agreed that the film was dated from 1947. Um, and he also then, after being challenged, Santilli released footage showing a man reading a statement verifying his identity is original cameraman and the source of the footage. Um, so it goes out that Fox release and they keep rerunning it and everyone's going crazy, like, you know, American crazy, uh, um, you know, alien people. It's right but, at the height of like the X-Files popularity. Yeah. Well. Yeah. X-Files, exactly. And X-Files so is on Fox. The dude from Camden got hold of the footage. So he was Sun. a, Lon- yeah. So he was a London based guy. He was fr- um, from the Camden area. He, he reckons he got hold of this footage and he shopped it. And then Fox took the real footage put it in a documentary and said, is this real or not? And anyway, uh, one of the, like, people very quickly were like, this is a little bit suspicious, right? So they started um, yes. diving. Yeah. Yeah. It's an bit. alien. <laughs> That's your first red flag that something's a bit So at first, it, like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But apparently, like, everyone was like, come on, this is obviously fake. But then yeah. they, you know, like, they said, it's probably not from 1947. Well, Kodak looked the film, it's from 1947. Yeah. It's probably not even an autopsy. Like it's, and then like the the like ex- some experts at Fox got went on record and said actually like those that equipment is from that era. All these things like started to check out, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. but um, basically um, there was some other like the the thing the criticisms that they said that why it might be a hoax was like the, the way the doctor held the scissors wasn't exactly like an autopsy. There's all these just ridiculous mm. ne- details that it yeah. caused like. Uh, you know, it's the number of fingers on the alien didn't match witness reports at the <laughs> at Ross at Roswell. So it was like the the things that were like for it yeah. at work seemed better evidence than what's against it. Yeah. If you just took your mind out of the plausibility of the whole thing altogether, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, uh, like on X Files, they spoofed it and like um um uh, Scully sort of like oh this is you know because she's a skeptic yeah. so she's like this is stupid but obviously Mulder was believing it so fox would just anyway it comes out a bit later that fox like edited all the interviews with the experts who would they would say oh it's actually that's true and then they cut out the part with like but it's clearly a bull fucking load of bullshit yeah. you know and then uh, it started sort of unraveling a little bit um and and uh, it was called um even in the 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 circles that the um alien believers uh, it was quoted as being Pure bullshit from top to bottom by Don Ecker, <laughs> who is uh, CEO of UFO magazine. <laughs> so, uh, if you're not getting Don on side, um, a bit more scathing. Can yeah, be yeah, pure yeah. bullshit, top to yeah, bottom. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like it had like a minute of like you know Daily Mail style, like let's pretend there's a chance it's real to yeah. get eyeballs, and then eventually everyone fucking got over it. But uh, basically what happened was um, in 2006, Santelli came forward after years of everyone sort of being like, it's clearly fraud, but no one could like prove it basically. And Santelli came forward and said, um, all right, I admit it. It was was a fake film. However, um, it was based on a real alien autopsy that I did see. Um, (laughs) I have it right here. So he said he saw the original film in full and he, by the time he got the money to buy it, it became too damaged to use. So he built a set in Camden Town. So they hired in an empty flat in Rochester Square in Camden Town and him and a couple of mates. And what, and he had a mate who was the uh, special effects guy for Doctor Who and they had 50 grand budget and they uh, dummied up an alien um, body using sheep brains, a raspberry jam, chicken entrails, pig knuckles, and they but they put it all in a foam latex carcass that 
the guy molded on his own 10 year old son so they mold this foam latex cargos on the sun and then they just stuffed it with uh, parts i don't know how this fooled anybody like and uh so basically they uh they then filmed it and then they disposed the body by cutting it up into small pieces and placing it in a rubbish bins across <laughs> London. Um, and uh, so, and then they did, they spliced the footage over, um, they they basically got a roll of, uh, they found some college baseball game in that was filmed in Roswell in 1947 and they, and they filmed it on top of that footage. That's quite clever. Right? Which was really, so they did a lot of very clever stuff. But then they said the, the cameraman that, that in the video who said was the original cameraman, they admitted it was just a homeless man they paid money to. So <laughs> <laughs> some parts are they're very clever and other parts it's like, and uh, so then Santilli's like in 1993, four, we saw the footage in its original form, but within a year, the footage had completely deteriorated. Um, and so we set about restoring it um, with a very damaged film, um, and uh, we weren't selling it to the broadcasters as facts. We said, look, it's your decision. What we did was a restoration. It wasn't a hoax. It was carefully constructed restoration of the original work. It's no different than restoring the work of art like a Mona Lisa. So he's just basically comparing yeah. it to like restoring an old. Yeah, Jeez. I can definitely see someone from Camden going through that whole. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But he's it pulled everyone so for 10 years. Because I was going to say, like, at first, his reason for doing it, if he's doing all this awesome filmmaker stuff, it's almost like a very early form of like viral marketing, like the mm. way like Cloverfield did yeah. stuff where mm. he could be like, hey, well, that's my corn card. I'm the autopsy guy. Book me for special effects. But he just did it because he was mad that people hadn't seen the original video and he loved it so much he wanted people to see well, that, that was video. His, I if mean, TikTok was around then, he'd be used. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he got, like, Fox paid, like, he made money from it. Like, Fox gave him Yeah, but I mean, I would have been, like, been utilizing it to, like, take meetings and stuff and be like, well, <laughs> Jamie, if I was that guy, I'd be getting some meetings. <laughs> I see what you mean, because it's better for him to just be like, I did this as a hoax because I'm a special effects fucking yeah, genius. Yeah, and I want, that, and like, it fooled everyone. Thus, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, working I on the Phantom Menace now. Yeah. Well, the reason he came out in 2006 was that... Um, people stopped paying attention. People, but they also, he was a producer. He sold his the rights to a movie called Alien Autopsy starring Ant and Deck. Who, hey! They're, they're in a, a British... Yeah, they're comedian. British like, duo. Like the, um, Hamish and Andy. Hamish and Andy, Yeah, right. they started on a British teen soap opera called Biker Grove, which was set in Newcastle. Right. And so it was just like, it was neighbours, but it was all in school. And Ant and Deck uh, played a couple of characters called PJ and Duncan. And then they got big as pop stars called PJ and Duncan. Then they became Ant and Deck and just kind of, now they just host everything in England. Yeah, what's that other one, the one that do the World Cup song? Uh, uh, Badil and Skinner. Similar, like just a duo like that. Way bigger. Oh, like Badil right, and right. Skinner are just like two comedians who had a show. Like Ant and Deck like, uh, have their... I don't think they're actual stand-ups or comics at all. They're just, no, like, no. They're more they're, kids they're just, type stuff. Right. They were basically Luke like... And white. Well, they were just... They were actors who <laughs> yeah, then exactly. became like... <laughs> I think they host like all the Idol stuff and shit like that as uh, well. And they host yeah, like New Year's yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. they're like... They're very famous. In right. The UK. Well, they did. They, they did a film about it, and so and that was coming out at the time. So Santilli tried, tried to drum up a bit of thing by that. But yeah, no. So that he would. But he, I mean, filled everyone, and he made hundreds of thousands. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Pretty I would have got some meetings personally. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, my diary is chock a block. <laughs> oh, man. Hello, British Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> 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 Jamie, Jamie's down in the lobby with a suitcase and a, <laughs> and a little hat. Uh, did you um? Did you get to experience much of the rest of the UK, or were you pretty much just confined? Yeah, there? a bit. So I went travelling a bit. Actually, um, so after the uh, the debacle of the pizza. <laughs> uh, voucher place I got another job through a mate through this electricity company so it was still door to door stuff but it was a bit more legitimate and you didn't have to sell anything but um, for that you had to travel quite a bit around down the south and like quite a bit around London as well right, right, so right. I got to see a fair bit of the south and then I went up to um, up north for some football games and stuff as well so at the, when I was at the hotel the um, the guys were working with a few guys from Spain and so when like uh Spanish teams were playing the Champions League. They got tickets sent over. And so we got, went to Anfield and Ellen Road and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was sick. Yeah. What was the atmosphere like there? Oh, well, because I was sitting in the, with the Spanish fans, the away fans, it was terrifying. So I went, to, <laughs> I went to Leeds and there was literally 25 of us in the away end for like the you know, quarterfinal or semifinal of the Champions League game. 
And um, and there's like 35,000 Leeds fans <laughs> yelling at you. Oh, and God. I was just there to, I didn't really, I was there to watch Harry Kewell play. Yeah. So he'd like run down the left wing, I'd stand up, go, oh, fuck yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Spanish fans kind of look at me going, why are you cheering for him? <laughs> <laughs> and then Leeds would score a goal. Stab the kangaroo. Oh, man. Um, uh, you go. I was just going to ask more about, because uh, I'm fascinated by the hotel work, because it's mm. such a, weird subculture i bet of just like you know your whole life is in this weird sort of yeah building and um it's also ironic that i'm i'm like i'm 18 i get there within a day of of like being in london i'm giving people tourist information <laughs> where to go here's how you get to the big band <laughs> but did you have any like was there a particular boss or anyone there who was just like a, a like, like a lifer who's just like a weird bear? oh yeah there's a few so there's um uh, one guy, the head concierge, uh, he was he'd been there like thirty years. Like he'd been mm-hmm. there from the be- from the beginning, worked his way up. Was he very like proper? Like a little bit, yeah. He was he was kind of in and out. But the cool thing about him, he was a um, season ticket holder at Arsenal, right? Big yeah, football yeah. fan. And when I first got there, me and uh, there's one guy from high school who lived in Surrey, and we got tickets to a, a Premier League game. Um, and it was on a Saturday afternoon, so I was like, I went to my boss, and I, was, I was supposed to work on Saturday, I was like, I thought I'd appeal to him as a football man, I was like, yeah, man, I've got tickets to this f- football game, um, you know, I've been a football fan my whole life, real keen to go, any chance I can get the Saturday off? And he goes, who are you going to see? And I said, oh, Tottenham and Sunderland. And he goes, no, nah, you're not going. <laughs> 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 but then the next week he gave me his season tickets at Highbury at Arsenal, so yeah, it's a great guy. Fuck. But What's imagine to 30 years as, and he just had to have a rotating cast of young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking do that for 30 fucking But like, yeah, you'd like look after bags and take people up to the hotel, to their rooms and stuff. And like, there was this American woman I remember came in. She'd been on a long flight and like, it took her bags up to her hotel. And she and she didn't like the look of the room because it's basically like a two star <laughs> yeah. fucking hotel shithole. And she goes, um, like before you go, are there any um, are there any special rooms for Americans? <laughs> so, oh what do you mean? She goes, well, we have to travel so far to get here. Shouldn't we have some kind of special room? <laughs> special oh, like, I would have lit just, up at that point and be yeah. like, I've got a bowling alley voucher. <laughs> to sell here. Yeah. Like, do you know where Australia is, by the way, doll? You know, yeah. way further away. If I'm going America, yeah, all the people we work with are all like travelers and um, you know vagrants, and so everyone was hungover or high every shift. And as soon as we get our tips, we're just straight to the pub. Was that, that kind of environment? No drama within the within the party crew. Like you know, I feel like yeah, you know, any any workplace that has that sort of drinking culture, surely there's some fucking. There was there wasn't any big fights or anything. We had like in the staff like accommodation place and the hot. It was like a big hostel. We had a big fire hydrant fight <laughs> one day <laughs> that got completely out of control. <laughs> just um. What is that? What do you mean? By, like literally the hose you, on the wall? Well, everyone has their own room, right? It's a shared bathroom. And so we <laughs> we get the fire hydrant, kick the door in, blast whoever's in there in their room. So their whole room is filled up with foam and shit. Because <laughs> we're all drunk and high, so we, there's, not, there's no responsibility. Yeah. And then it ended up being like the second floor versus the third floor. It was like <laughs> some kind of call of duty up the <laughs> stairs kind of thing. Um, but yeah, shit like that just got out of control. Yeah. yeah. I would argue it got out of control the second you kicked open the fucking fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So what were so what were some of the the underground clubs that you went to? What were they like? Um, there was a place we used to go to called the Fridge in Brixton, which is like I say. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I'm not like an aficionado. I was yeah. dragged along by the Lithuanian bloke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so because this place called the Fridge in Brixton. Um, yeah, it was just like it was just a perfect like club experience. They've been going for a few years, and so they had fireworks, massive balloons. It was just the whole setup was just an awesome what? fireworks. Yeah, I know yeah, that. Like, I think like the clubs in the eighties, like you always, you know, you attribute dance music with drugs, but like according to some of the articles I read, like it's insane, like how integral. Bickies are to the success of oh, English yeah. clubs. Like apparently, like a lot of them were just like because I think it was Paul Oakenfold, who's a very famous DJ, went to like Ibiza with a couple of his mates, and they just started taking pingers. Mm. And we're like, "This fucking rocks! Mm. Let's bring it back to England." 
And that's how like the eighties club scene of like acid house got started just cause they went on holiday dumb pingers and were like, well, let's make that a business. Yeah. And like, that's how like linked, <laughs> like a whole industry is to Have just try to listen to dance music straight. Just on the train to work, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> this Jesus is awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everyone's just fucking got serotonin just ringing out of their brain. Yeah. Well, I weekend. think it was like a, and because like a few of them, um, were in venues that are kind of like skirt what a bar or venue is and they're just in appeals like a lot of them didn't even serve booze and just put stuff like Lucasade behind the bar and the right. sales of Lucasade would just skyrocket so people could like keep hydrated and stuff like that yeah that's when I when first went out and uh, this nightclub was like handing out bottles of water I'm like that's very nice of them that's very and I had no concept that it was just because <laughs> everyone was like close. I was like they're trying to get everyone they, hydrated they and just want to make sure everyone has a nice tomorrow. time yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a couple of clubs I went to that had a doctor on just walking around. Oh, shit. Like a proper <laughs> medical doctor. Just, he's like hired for the Doing night the just rounds. to make sure that everyone's <laughs> all right. Man, that would be a great fucking TV show. Like, a, you know, <laughs> what's the most just sometimes. What did uh, you take today, John? Jeez, <laughs> man. I, I just in Newcastle yesterday and I um, parked in the parking lot right next to famous... Uh, it used to be Fanny's and it's now Argyle House and they were playing, um, as I was walking in, they were playing, um, uh, fuck, Tipsy. Remember that fucking yeah, song? Yeah, Vajayquan. Vajayquan. And, and I'm like, and it was at 7.30 and it was pumping so loud I could hear it through the fucking, uh, I'm like, man, <laughs> that, that takes sick. me back. It's great to like find like, you know, there's a little, like almost a little shimmer in the earth and then you walk back and it's 2007. That's exactly <laughs> what it was, man. It really it's was. like, you're looking at you step through, suddenly your V-neck goes all the way down <laughs> your belly button and you're just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Start strutting. <laughs> V-neck, were you, what's, what sort of clothes are you rocking, Tommy? Were you, were you V-necking um, it? No, no, I wasn't. I didn't get, I didn't get into the glow, I mean, there was glow sticks and everything. I didn't get into the whole, like I wasn't that far into it right um, it was more of a hobby for me there were people there who were like life at clubbers and that you can see that was just got sad like oh, they've been clubbing for 10 years and they could you know barely make eye contact they were just it was really sad to see yeah Jesus <laughs> it is so sad to think about yeah. just anyone doing being a lifer yeah. yeah, there's a page that started maybe because of the algorithm. When I was doing a bit of research for this, I started getting a um, like a suggested Facebook page, and one of them was it was something like it was a British page, and it was something like you know I raved in the '90s, and it's just mm. all these people posting old photos from the '90s, and then just the comments, comment after comment of just people like reminiscing about their club days, and you go into their profiles, and they're just you can just tell that they did spend a decade fucking eating di yeah. disco bickies and just like partying. And they just look so pallid, like their skin is hanging off, mm. but they're just like, well, I fucking love this club in the 90s, mate. It's fucking beautiful. It's fucking I'm, 30, beautiful I'm 37 years old. <laughs> I'm a grandparent now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grandparent now. Oh, man. But yeah, man, I love those pages. Should we Should we go to the last two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it. So, Tom, you're, you're fresh off the plane tourists going to an experienced hotel concierge yourself and they go please tom what do we we want to see the real london what do we see what do we do give us an itinerary and um, they do morning afternoon and night oh jesus um well definitely a trip to camden yep that's mm -hmm. on the cards visit amy winehouse's place <laughs> yep. pilgrimage check a pulse so yeah. she's <laughs> <laughs> leave her another five hours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, because London's such a big place, you can't yeah. even like. I mean, I spent two and a half years there. I barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's the, the markets the, are pretty. Like, you, markets yeah. are huge, but there's yeah, it's, it's a proper like everything you like and want to do, you can find it somewhere. So, mm. um, I just yeah, whatever you're into, just it's and find it. Do you reckon that what 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 part is the night? Like, if you're gonna go all the way back to fucking party, Tom, where's the where's the nightclub scene? Where's the not? Which is the the one that you go to is oh, it the fridge in Brixton. The fridge? Yeah. What if Damn. it's still going? I've looked it up. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's been bought out. They now do like music gigs and stuff. Uh, yeah. I've got a few friends who like keep an eye on the, the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then finally. Final question, Tom. You've ascended to the highest heights of stand-up comedy and, <laughs> and futsal <laughs> with all your money 
from your gigs. Would you would you settle down in London or Camden? Um, I mean, that's a much easier question than usual. <laughs> like, well, it's all. I no, guess I don't think I would. What about this? Would you? What if they came out with a, a new two year visa? You can re you can reapply. Would you do it again? Would you have another crack? I'd I'd go for a bit. I wouldn't go for two years. No, I'd okay. say no. Yeah, but just because that the whole lifestyle, like unless you had a shitload of money, then it's just it's, it's just draining and shit, expensive, right? and like you're living on couches and shit rooms and mm. no food and yeah. Um, I'd definitely go back and visit for a few weeks, but yeah, I wouldn't live there again. Yeah, but also the, the things like the water quality, the air quality, like it just you come back to Australia and like there's just a million. The water, times no, the water was bad. Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's not as good. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know. know. Like just, you get fucking. It just tastes like no, you can't you know. really tell until you come back here. Like you right. think it's normal and it, you kind of it tastes a bit weird. But then you come back to worse, Australia yeah. and you're like, <laughs> oh, this is what water should taste like. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Dempasar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Tommy, do you have anything you want to plug? Any shows coming up? Um, just come around to Fraser Park on a Monday or Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> we need come the numbers down. Thursday, yeah. especially. Come, come Hive. Hive Thursday nights Man. in Erskineville. Yeah, yeah, check that Man out. And Hive's not the best. Yeah. Classic One of Hive. the classic rooms. Uh, Tom, pleasure to have you well, on. Oh, social coming. media. Where, where do we find you on uh, social media? Yeah, Instagram. Find me on there, T-O-M-S-O-R-R. There we go. There we go. And as always, you can give us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have a full video of all our episodes on our YouTube channel. And uh, <laughs> please subscribe to that. Uh, hit us up on social media. We love hearing from you and getting your tips and your stories. Otherwise, we'll see you next week, everybody. Catch up. Thanks for coming Thanks on. Thanks, Brian. See you really next week. If not, I got to move on to the next floor. Here comes the three to the two to the one. Homeboy tripping, he don't know I got the... When it come to... We do this for fun. You ain't got one stick and you better run. Now I'm in the back getting eaten from my huns. Why she going... I'm breaking on what I done. She's smoking my stuff, saying she ain't having fun.